the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Tuesday, the second morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And as it is the second hour, it's good news for you. You know what this means, right? It's time for Kersenau Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Peter Kersenau, host of the Kersenau Report on this very station. Also, of course, a Cleveland attorney and a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Best-selling author as well. Peter, good morning, my friend. How are you? Bob, I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little concerned about the Indians, though. I mean, I think we do have the best rotation in all of Major League Baseball, but uh, we got some holes we need to fill. Uh, I think we're going to be competitive, you know. I, I think we're going to be in good shape, but uh, as opposed to the last couple of years, I am not as confident that we're going to get there in October. Pete, what are we counting down to then? If we're not counting down to the first game of the World Series, which you well, used I'm to do, well, I'm still waiting the for. Home opener's gone. What are we doing? I want the NFL to release the the final. Uh, schedule, because I do think we're going to have an exciting NFL season with the Browns. All right, fair enough. I can live with that. Uh, you, know, I wanna, you don't want to count down to the uh, Zion draft, right? Maybe for the Cavs. Uh, you know, I'm keeping my fingers <laughs> crossed on that. Uh, we get a Zion, and there's look, the probabilities are pretty good, and we've done pretty well in the lottery, as you know, over the last number of years. But, um, you know, if we get a Zion, uh, you know, the, the rest of the, the cast around here will make us uh, a very, very interesting team. That'd be a lot, a lot of fun. I think it would be as well, although they changed the rules on the lottery now, though the uh, bottom three records right. all have an equal chance to get him, the same number of balls in the uh, low hopper there. So a little bit tougher to do now than uh, than it used to be as far as us getting that uh, getting that top pick. All right, uh, Peter, a uh, number of things to get into today, um, and I want to start with the, the, the story I just talked about last half hour, and I don't know if you had the radio on while you're doing your job there representing clients, but um, 
There is a constitutional amendment that has been proposed, has been received by the state um, to essentially surrender all Ohio's votes, <laughs> Ohioans' votes in the presidential election. Basically, we would be giving up all of our electoral votes to the winner of the national popular vote. If this amendment were to be uh, passed by the people, it would be a referendum, obviously. Uh, so that way, even if Ohio votes red, and the national popular vote winner, by way of Los Angeles and Chicago and, and New York, uh, went blue, uh, our votes would be invalidated and Ohio's electoral votes would go to the, uh, the Democrat who won the national popular vote. You, you, you like, that, uh, like that idea? Um, well, first of all, Bob, I appreciate you once again uh, giving me the consideration of thinking that I'm some type of a genius on the, on the lines of, say, one of our Supreme Court justices, a, a Gorsuch or someone like that. That's a deep issue. Uh, no, I don't like it on a policy matter, and I, I've got uh, real problems with it, I would think. I haven't thought about this at all, uh, but if you want me to pine upon it, I'm, I'm happy to do so and make a fool of myself on radio. But If you um, did that, Pete, it would be the first time. You've never made a fool of yourself any time I string something on. So uh, go like ahead, break new ground here if you wish. <laughs> I like having these pop quizzes. Uh, first of all, from a legal perspective, there are multiple legal issues with respect to that. Um, and right off the top of my head, the first thing I think about is you take a look at I mean, there are various constitutional provisions. The 12th Amendment deals with, uh, you know, the assignment of electors and electors having to vote for the president and vice president. And then if you take a look at the 14th Amendment and the genesis behind the 14th Amendment and not depriving individuals of a right to vote, um, you know, uh, that has a real issue because if, for example, electors traditionally vote for the president and or vice president for whom the populace within a state have voted. Now, if you then compromise that by having the electors cast their ballots kind of pro forma in the way that other states' popular vote went, you're depriving individual citizens in that state of their vote and their expectation that it's going to be, or the elector is going to cast his or her ballot in that state for the uh, citizens of that state and how they voted. You're depriving them. You're disfranchising the individual voters in that state by doing that. And I of think course, that's a though, compromise. Pete, the precursor to that would be people giving, uh, you know, choosing to 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 surrender that vote, tre- choosing to disenfranchise themselves because it would have to be via state referendum. Uh, it would have to well, be the people it, voting. You know, they need four hundred forty some sig- uh, thousand signatures just to get it on the ballot, and then we would have a statewide vote to say whether or not we wanted that constitutional amendment to take place. So if we so if we sign over the right uh, to have our votes count in a, in a presidential election, it's all on us. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind on this, and again, I'd like to research it a little bit more and think about it, but the first thing that comes to my mind is that um, you have to have uh, under the under Article One a compact between two states must pass first of all constitutional muster, but also needs to be approved by Congress. 
So I would think, again, that if you had one state deciding to assign its electors in the same fashion as other states, that would represent a compact or agreement among the states that would need congressional ratification. I will say this as a caveat for your friends out there who are listening closely. There's at least one case, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's something Virginia, that says that not all compacts need to get congressional ratification. And, uh, uh, but I doubt that something this fundamental would be one of them, because you're going to the core, you're going to the essence of our electoral polity here. So uh, there's a lot of legal hurdles that need to be um, jumped by this effort. But on top of that, it's a bad policy matter because what you are then doing, and I think this has been discussed and I've seen this discussed by a lot of other smart people, but the bottom line here is why would we as Ohioans decide to allow California and New York to cast our votes for us, essentially? Um, and That's exactly what we'd be doing. That's how I phrased it. That's exactly how I couched it earlier on before you came on, uh, before I set you up. Uh, is we would. We'd be giving our votes away and allowing the, the blue stated or blue regional, you know, blue cities and urban districts in LA and New York to essentially cast our, we'll let them pick the president for Ohio, uh, no matter what Ohioans think the president should, who are the president, Ohioans think the president should be to represent our interests. Cause I can really trust coastal elites to decide what's best for the, for, for the <laughs> The Midwest, right? That's that's uh, you know. Yeah, it's, right. It's, I mean, this it's, is fundamentally. It's, it's really a bad idea from a number of perspectives. And if I were Democrats, Democrats like to go for raw political power, and then are surprised when it blows up in their face. Uh, and it happens with great frequency. We should allow them to do this to wait and to see what happens the next time it comes around and it's right. going to blow up in their face. But look, from from the standpoint of the founding fathers were true geniuses. They came up with a system that was extraordinary, and this is not a pure democracy. This is a democratic republic. A pure democracy would be mob rule. We don't want that, and we would like various locations and regions that are that differ from one another to be able to exercise political power in a meaningful way. But by doing it solely by a plebiscite of votes, you know, it's just a matter of who gets the most popular votes, you will consign your vote and your political power and how you live to the coasts and to certain major urban areas. And that's not the way the founders created our framework and that's really not the best way of governance and we've got so many examples of that no no question about it peter kirsten that was our guest pete let me pivot now to the latest on the Mueller report uh democrats want that by today they want full Mueller report unredacted released today bill barr has said you'll get it what i give you when i give it to you and he said we're going to redact it and we're going to uh, give it to you in the middle of the month around by april 15th jerry nadler uh, uh, Judiciary Committee Chair, uh, um, says, no, that's not good enough. You need to give us that unredacted version, uh, right now, or whenever you do it, it better be unredacted. I want to play for you, Jerry Nadler, 21 years ago, 1998, September 9th, talking about the release of the Star Independent Counsel's report. Now, Mr. Starr, in his transmitting, uh, transmittal letter to the Speaker and the Minority Leader, made it clear that much of this material is Federal Rule 6E material, that is material that by law 
uh, unless contravened by a vote of the House, must be kept secret. It's grand jury material. Uh, it represents um, 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 uh, statements which may or may not be true by various witnesses, uh, salacious material, all kinds of material that it would be unfair to release. So I assume what's going to have to happen before anything else happens is that somebody, uh, the staff of the Judiciary Committee, perhaps the, um, the, the, the chairman and ranking minority members of the Judiciary Committee, is going to have to go over this material, at least the four or five hundred pages in the report, uh, to determine what is fit um, for release and what is, as a matter of, of, of decency and protecting people's privacy rights, uh, people who may be totally innocent, third parties, uh, what must uh, not be released at all. Decency, privacy rights, uh, grand jury testimony, which may or may not be truthful, all of that should be redacted before anything is released to the people, if anything at all is released to the people in the Star Report. 21 years later, we want every word of uh, Bob Mueller's report released to uh, the Congress and to the American people. Um, I can't even begin to describe that hypocrisy, Pete. <laughs> if it weren't for double standards, progressives would have no standards at all. The Nadler of 2019 should listen to the Nadler of 1997 or 1998, whenever that quote came from. Uh, the fact of the matter is that they were perfectly patient to wait for the investigation over a two-year period. They, you know, wanted Miller to unturn, overturn every stone, every rock looking for, you know, Russians hiding underneath them and for people colluding with those same Russians. And now all of a sudden, there's some urgency to this. What's the urgency? Two weeks is going to make a difference. We know what's going to happen. The Democrats are going to come to the same conclusions regardless of when the report is issued. We know what they're going to say. And all they're doing, Nadler and the rest of them, are throwing up issues so that they can point to some failure on the part of the special counsel or of uh, the White House or anyone else related to this, of the attorney general, so they can say, well, this is the reason why the Mueller report is invalid, or this is the reason why there was true collusion, and this is a cover-up. They're just throwing stuff up, hoping that they can make an issue of it, because the whole thing imploded on them, and they look like idiots. It's the first rule of holes, Bob. When you're in one, stop digging. They haven't learned the first rule of holes. And I hope they continue to do it, because I think that they hurt themselves in the process. This, uh, and I, I know maybe not everyone agrees with this, but I truly believe that this debacle is different in kind and scope from any other political debacle in my lifetime. I do think that this is just a, a nuclear bomb going off in terms of the discrediting of the progressives, with respect to this issue at least, and more importantly, those who provide cover to them in the media. The media has lost so much credibility, even I think among their own acolytes, that they can't provide the same type of cover to progressives that they typically do. And now, even those who rabidly want to believe the media have to question whenever somebody says up is down or down is up, they're, they're going to be wondering what is going on here. You can't rely on them. So they've done incalculable damage to themselves. And I just hope they continue to do so, because I think they continue to reveal precisely who they're about, that they're not serious, they don't care about the truth. And I hate to say this about a number of them, but it's true. They don't care about the country. They care about party first, country second, if that.
Totally agree, Peter. That is, ex- and we we've known this for a long time. We know we've known this honestly since the dirty dossier was compiled and paid for and presented to the FISA court, and then the attempt to uh, essentially invalidate the results of the election. They care more about party than they do about country. That has been plain for a very long time, Pete. Um, they also don't care about our sovereignty. They are perfectly happy and comfortable inviting thousands and thousands and thousands of more people into this country illegally with phony asylum claims. The president is responding, potentially closing the border and cutting off aid to numerous countries. I want to get your reaction to that as we continue right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1025, now the Bob Frantz have already continuing on AM 1420. The answer with Peter Kersenow, our guest, who will be joining us for one more segment following this one. That is good news for us, uh, because I do want to ask your opinion on what happened yesterday in Chicago with uh, Jussie Smollett and uh, the police holding rallies and protests of State's Attorney Kim Fox and uh, counter-protesters in support of Fox and Smollett. But we'll save that for after the news, Pete. <clears throat> And for now, let's talk about the president's options here. Every single uh, person with any knowledge whatsoever of what's going on at the border has said this is a crisis, including former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson of the Obama administration said this is an absolute crisis. He declared yesterday uh, when we would have a day of 1,000 apprehensions uh, at our border, we thought this was a terrible, terrible mess, and it was a terrible day. If we had less than 1,000, we could handle it. We had 4,000 last Tuesday alone. He said this is an absolute crisis. So the president is saying, I'm going to shut the entire border down, including the uh, ports of entry. So no legal entries, no in- entries of any kind. And Kirsten Nielsen said today 750 new Border Patrol agents are going down to work the open areas as well. Is the president right to close the border? Is he also right to cut off aid to the three Central American countries that are sending and exporting most of the poverty to the United States? Bob, I actually think that everybody... Um, including the president, is understating, actually understating the crisis that's occurring at the border. And I get a lot of reports on this. I haven't been down there recently, but I get a lot of reports. And, of course, I watch the same reports that you and your audience do. Sure. Um, I do have probably more information because I study this very closely on the Civil Rights Commission. It was one of my pet issues. And I'll probably, in the next week or so, issue an analysis with respect to the uh, increasing crime rates related to illegal immigration. I've written about it before, as you know. But uh, and we think about it from this perspective. When I say that the issue is being understated, and I think the president's doing exactly the right thing, and I don't think any other president would have done this. And it's one of the reasons why he has been just an enormous surprise to me, a pleasant, pleasant surprise uh, compared to where I was, say, uh, two and a half or three years ago in my consideration of Donald Trump. Uh, I don't think that there's any other president that would have done, at least in the last 40 years, what he has done and has the willingness to do. But this is essential. We have some estimates, and I think Jay Johnson was one of them, who said that we could have as many as one million illegals cross the border this year. Now, again, I have to think back to my history on this, but I think when von Rundstedt invaded Poland and then France, he had fewer troops than that. This this is ridiculous. When are we going to call this what this is? This truly is an invasion. If those folks had arms, and several of them do, this would be war. Something drastic needs to be done. Shutting down the border is essential. We need to get a handle on who's coming into this country. Um, 
it's overwhelming so many of our systems, and I'm not merely referring to our ability to control the border. You look at the infrastructure in the southern tier states, they are overwhelmed. Law enforcement is overwhelmed. Medical services overwhelmed. Our schools are overwhelmed. Of course, DHS is completely overwhelmed. The fiscal cost, the, the cost to our treasury is enormous and is not being reported accurately. Uh, I've done this in the past, but I can't even calculate what the cost will be of an influx of one million illegals. And right now we have no true idea as to how many illegal aliens are in the United States of America, but the crime rates alone, aside from the burden to the public fisc, the crime rates are extraordinary and the left is lying to you. There's no other way of putting it. I wish they could. I could simply say they're mistaken, but they're not because they have but, access but they, Robert to the Francis same data. O'Rourke, I do. Robert Francis O'Rourke, who wants to be called Beto so he can pretend to be uh, Hispanic. Um, Robert Francis O'Rourke says El Paso, uh, his hometown, is one of the very safest cities in America, despite being overrun by uh, migrants and asylum seekers. He said, literally in a speech over the weekend, El Paso is safe, not in spite of all of these illegals and uh, migrant seeker or asylum seekers. He said it is the safest city because of them, because that's how wonderfully glorious they are. They're all law-abiding people, and they help keep the city of El Paso safe. That's what we're told. Yeah, well, this is the same person who um, apparently served excrement to his wife. Um, (laughs) I would suggest to you, Bob, he's doing the same thing on a regular basis to the rest of us. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time thinking about Beto O'Rourke. I'm going to let that sit there uh, during the news beat, because that is an an absolutely perfect response. Right back with Peter Kersenow after the news. Ten thirty-five now. The Bob France Authority continues. I got one more segment with Peter Kirsten now, uh, and I'm going to try to keep my composure during this one. I kind of lost it at the end after the suggestion of a blank sandwich being served to us by uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. It's pretty accurate too, Pete. I want to pivot now once again uh, from the uh, chaos at the border to the chaos in Chicago. Uh, in Crook County, Illinois, um, we all know what happened. We all know that state's attorney Kim Fox lied about recusing herself from the Jussie Smollett investigation due to uh, close family ties and friendships with the Smollett, with Jussie Smollett, and as it turns out, with uh, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff, and others. Uh, and then, of course, came back in and dismissed all of the 16 felony charges against Jussie Smollett. Proclaiming, by the way, that, well, I didn't really recuse myself in the legal sense. It was more of a colloquial use of the term, which means I could still come in and make the call. Uh, yesterday, Chicago police led a rally against Kim Fox. They want her removed from office uh, as a state's attorney. Uh, they say it's not just the Smollett case, but she has uh, uh, refused to charge gang members and a number of other people who make the streets of Chicago as deadly and dangerous as they are. She is anti-cop. And they were met yesterday with uh, counter-protests in support of Kim Fox and in support of Jussie Smollett. Uh, Pete, take it away. Things to say about this, but as you know, there has been an effort, and it's a fairly successful one. It's been quiet, it's been low-key, and I think very, very smart if your aim is to subvert the democratic uh, foundations of the United States. 
on the part of many wealthy leftists, and you know, you like to throw the name Source around, but Source was one of them, but they made uh, a decision a couple of election cycles back that in addition to trying to sway Congress and the Supreme Court in terms of getting uh, Supreme Court nominees and getting uh, certain Congress critters uh, elected, to go to local elections and to prosecutor's office. This was a nationwide endeavor, and they tried to get prosecutors in large cities elected who were quote-unquote woke or social justice prosecutors. And it was a very smart strategy. That is, if you're looking to take down the United States of America. And so you have the, the Kim Foxes of the world and others who are supported by the sources of the world and their social justice warriors before they are prosecutors or in lieu of being prosecutors. Uh, what she did was abominable. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, everybody with eyes can see. I do think that they went too far in this case in terms of trying to undermine the democratic institutions of the United States of America because this, is, this was one uh, fraud too far. When you've got the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, you won't find anybody more woke than he is being frustrated and upset about this. That tells you that, again, you know, that just like with the first rule of holes, I think they've done this in such plain sight. Everyone, everybody knows that uh, what happened with Jesse uh, Smollett. No one is believing what's going on here. And so I think that the average person out there, and right now it's difficult to find somebody who hasn't decided to cast his lot with one side or the other in these debates, but I think more and more people are seeing with all the various... Th Bob, you and I have talked about this uh, either online or, or on the air, or offline or on the air, about the multiple implosions of leftist principles or uh, scenarios over the last week and a half or two weeks. So you see the Jussie Smollett issue and the prosecutor dropping all charges. You see Michael Avenatti getting arrested. You see the Mueller report just completely destroying all leftist fantasies. You see the Green New Deal, which is the most ridiculous thing ever proposed by any congressperson, at least that I'm aware of. Maybe somebody did was sitting in his bathtub somewhere drinking gin and coming up with fantasies on his own. But these things are revealing, I think, in a very instructive educational way to the American voter, to the public at large, precisely where leftism takes us. And I think most people of goodwill are saying no mas. Um, Pete, as a man of color, your voice is in, in, incredibly important here when I bring up two parts of this. Um, you remember Father Flager, right? Reverend Michael Flager, oh, yeah. pastor of St. Sabina. You remember his uh, uh, ranting and raving uh, during the Obama years and during the Obama election cycles. Um, he declared, this attack on Kim Fox isn't about Jussie. It's an excuse to remove a strong black woman. Uh, as the police supporters chanted yesterday, uh, uh, Fox must go. The counter protesters, the vast majority of them black, screamed, Racists must go. Um, I feel like, Pete, this is um, a smaller scale version of what happened with OJ. Um, facts and evidence be damned. Black America celebrated because a black man got away with murders. 
Um, in this case, black America, or at least a lot of black America, if not all of black America, is celebrating because this black guy got away with his hoax and he got the charges dropped. He beat the system. It's like we're going to strike a blow for criminal justice system equality by getting black guys off from their obvious crimes. I can't speak too much to that other than to see what I say what I just saw. You're, you're a man of color. You can. Is, is that where we are? It's we're going to defend this guy and this prosecutor, no matter how bad they are or how bad what they have clearly done is, we have to defend them because they look like us. I, I don't think so, actually. Um, I do think there is a cohort on the left, um, a lot of blacks, and but I think it's really the social justice warrior crowd, which you know, is part of a rainbow coalition to adopt Jesse Jackson's phrase. But this is the hard left, the progressive left. He's also taking suggesting this that, by the way. I'm glad you brought up Jesse, because he's one of the ones who is essentially saying this is all about trying to condemn a strong black man in Jesse Salem, yeah. a strong black woman in, in Kim Fox. But go ahead. Look, I, you know, I didn't see the, um, uh, the Chris Rock uh, NAACP Image Awards, uh, but I saw a reference to it. And Chris Rock, you know, every once in a while... He swerves into the truth in a in a cutting way, and he represents, I think, what the real zeitgeist is. He he gets, I think, or captures what most blacks are thinking. Most blacks are appalled by this. Blacks living in law-abiding yeah, but Pete, but blacks. Pete, if, I, if I may, before you finish that thought, um, what makes what Chris Rock said at the NAACP Image Awards extraordinary is that he admitted on stage he was told by the organizers of the NAACP Image Awards no Jussie jokes, no Jussie jokes we can't right. come at one of our own which kind of leads yep. to, to my point of view on this please continue yeah well and I think that's right Bob but it, it also is consistent with my point of view is you get the social justice leadership that includes the NAACP, Jesse Jackson and all the usual suspects saying one thing, but that doesn't mean the majority of blacks agree with them on this particular issue. This is, this is one of those things, it's a bridge too far. You cannot sell this to the average person, and the average person is not going to cover themselves with idiocy by signing on to this stuff. The average black living in Chicago is living in one of the worst crime-ridden cities around. They are the victims of this stuff. Yeah, a lot of, most of the perpetrators are also black, too. But most of the law-abiding blacks there are saying, what the heck is going on there? Jussie Smollett could have incited huge riots as a result of this. The, the, I, I, I don't even have words to describe it. I have to watch my language when I think about what's occurred here. I don't want to get you thrown off the air, Bob. But this is one of those examples where I think, along with Michael Avenatti, the Russia collusion hoax, where it is so vividly apparent to the average person what's going on here that it hurts the left. And to the extent that Jesse Jackson's and the NAACP's continue to insist to tell people, it's almost like that Star Wars episode where it says, or the Star Wars scene where they, where they say, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> people can precisely see what's going on here, and they diminish those who try to tell you the opposite are diminishing whatever remaining credibility they may have. I think that the last couple of weeks have been a horrendous, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know of a period in time when the left has been so blatantly revealed 
as what they truly are as the last couple of weeks. This is one of those episodes, and I think in the long run and in the short run, it's going to hurt them. Pete, when you say that Jussie could have inspired riots here, um, I think the reason why that it didn't is because of 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 the races of the 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 particulars in this case, and and that that the riots that would have resulted would have been had it been reversed. I want you to imagine a a white actor. Uh, working on a, a regular TV show is much of a hit or not a hit. I don't know as Empire really is, but a white actor perpetrating this, suggesting he was not suggesting, but alleging and calling police saying, I was just beaten up by two black guys uh, in the middle of the night and had everybody looking for black guys, had the police looking for black guys, only to find out that he had hired two white guys, white friends, to do this and frame two generic black guys. And then to have all of the charges dismissed by a white prosecutor saying, well, you know, he, he forfeited his $10,000, and he did a little community service by stuffing envelopes for some white organization. Uh, he served his time. We're all good to go here. I think Chicago would be on fire right now. I think it would be well, literally yeah. burning. Absolutely. I think there's no doubt about that. And that tells you how despicable what happened is. And uh, Kim Fox, there is no way she can justify what she did. And 99% of people out here know it, even those who are mouthing the support for her understand what's going on here. Uh, I think this is, strange as it may sound, I wish none of this would have happened, but in a weird way, this may be, the last couple of weeks may have been one of the best couple of weeks for conservatives in our lifetimes, because the left has overreached so spectacularly that there are no defenses to this, none whatsoever. And it, it really is led by the Mueller implosion, but so many other things, the nuttiness that has been revealed to be precisely what it is, from Alexandria Cortez to Gerald Nadler to Maxine Waters to Avenatti, you name it. There's so many crazy things going on that the average person says, I, I can't align myself with this stuff. And they're constantly wrong. Why would I vote with people or for people who are constantly wrong? Why would I sign on to positions that are so lunatic? That's the beauty of this. Had they been a lot more subtle, uh, you know, it'd be a more difficult prospect for conservatives and Republicans to push back. But no, they've revealed themselves completely. So I think this is actually a good couple of weeks. As bad as the individual circumstances may be, in the long run, I think this helps. Here's more beauty of this, Pete, before you go. <clears throat> and you can tell me whether it's ironic, coincidental, or planned and just expected. But at the center of both of those major stories in the last couple of weeks, this Smollett story and, of course, the uh, uh, the uh, Mueller report, uh, are the Obamas. You're right. Barack, Barack essentially running the show, whether he called the plays or whether he just was kept abreast of them and approved of what was being done to stop Donald Trump from beating Hillary Clinton by way of the dossier and the FISA court and everything else and the spying on Team Trump and so on and so forth. Everything uh, that was done that led to the uh, allegations of, of Russian conspiracy and collusion, etc., I believe done by the Comey-led FBI under the Lynch uh, DOJ under the Obama presidency, and now, of course, Jesse Smollett. This couldn't be Chicago politics and corruption without the connection to Michelle Obama as Tina Chen, who is the one who, uh, uh, cont- uh, who is the former chief of staff of Michelle Obama, uh, put in the call to the superintendent of police to try to get the FBI to take over this investigation. They didn't want Chicago police doing this because they 
knew Chicago police had the truth, and they wanted to to to, uh, uh, to get them out of the picture here. So it's kind of weird, I guess, that the Obamas are at the center of almost all things corrupt, at least in these uh, last couple of weeks. It was part of his effort to fundamentally transform America, uh, and they did it on a number of levels, and I think everything you've just recited, Bob, is spot on. I wrote a short piece for NRO last week retailing this uh, to some extent, and the fact of the matter is everything that has happened, think about just the Mueller report itself, everything that's described, the entire investigation, none of what occurred could conceivably have happened without the imprimatur of the President of the United States. The FBI director would not even dream of spying on a candidate for a a party, a presidential candidate for a party. Could not have happened without the sign-off. And as we know, we've got evidence of that happening when Page uh, texted Strzok saying the President wants to know everything we're we're doing, and that was in September of 2016. This was something orchestrated from the top. More attention needs to be paid to what you just described, Bob. This isn't some underling. It's not even just the CIA director, the FBI director, or anybody else like this. This had to go right to the top. Every single move had to be signed off because I can tell you as somebody who worked at the lower levels of the federal government, there's no way in the world anyone would have made such a move unless it was blessed a hundred times from the very top. Peter Kersenow, uh with an absolutely virtuoso performance. I threw four fastballs at you you did not know were coming. You went four for four with four bombs, drove in nine. Uh, pretty doggone good day, my friend. Thanks, Bob. I'm going to be confused for the rest of the day, though. Why? <laughs> Having to, to handle those fastballs. Oh. <laughs> That's so easy. Ruin the rest. Of... Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll take it. If I can get 45 minutes of brilliance out of you, I don't care what happens the rest of your day. That's on you. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Bob. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. That's Peter Kirsten on AM 1420, The Answer. Back after traffic. One final time, and I want your phone calls to wrap it up. 216-901-0945 on The Authority. Ten fifty four. Final segment of the Bob France Authority more, uh, on a Tuesday. Bob France Authority on a Tuesday morning. I better slow that down to make sure I get that right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to uh, Peter Kersenow. Four for four with four bombs, including the. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. Although I went to bed with a smile on my face. Uh, Josh just said to me, "I was up all night thinking about my campaign." <laughs> I did go to bed with a, with a smile on my face at how many people were uh, were. We're uh, on board. Um, it was hilarious. Uh, my April Fool's prank yesterday, late evening, was just, uh, hey, I've pulled the paperwork. I'm running for Congress. Most people on Facebook, on my two different accounts, got it <clears throat> and responded appropriately about it being an April Fool's joke. Uh, some expressed disappointment that I know you're faking it because it's April Fool's. I wish you were running. Others, completely oblivious of, A, the comments of those who knew it was a joke, and, B, the calendar didn't know it was indeed April Fool's Day, or at least had forgotten about it because they were ready to volunteer. Where do I send a campaign check? Who do I see to volunteer to, to campaign for you? Uh, it's very humbling and, and kind of funny, to be honest with you, because I absolutely was totally joking from the very beginning of it, thinking late in the day people would realize it's just a lame April Fool's stunt. But a lot of people really uh, were taken in by it and, uh, and expressed some really nice things about it. So I have to tell you, thank you for that. It was really uh, kind of hilarious. Uh, but I did go to sleep, go to sleep smiling about it. 
Both at the knowledge that so many nice people thought it would be a good idea for me to run, and also just because it was funny that I got to laugh at everybody for not getting it. Dan is in Middleburg Heights on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dan. Go right ahead. Morning. Uh, Morning, Dan. On the topic of the Electoral College, I want to make a comment on that. Please do. Clarify. I've I've read the Constitution. Have you ever read Article 2 or Article 12 on how you elect a president? Yes, I have. I've read a have lot you? of the Constitution. I'm not a constitutional scholar. Con- I don't have it memorized. Like, uh, There's like, uh, nothing in the Constitution that suggests one iota that you vote by popular vote for a president. If you read Federal's Paper 42 and 68, they explained it. It's not hard to understand. There's no popular vote, and there's not, there's not an electoral college for Republicans and not an electoral college for Democrats. There's one, like in the... In Ohio, there's 18 electors. Right. The legislature is supposed to choose the electors, and they, on their own, pick a president and a vice president by ballot. They decide. It's sort of like a human resource department in a company. There isn't, the first five presidents, if you go look it up in the congressional quarterly, there was no popular vote. That's why everybody's confused. Well, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by confused. Everything you just said is very clearly spelled out in the Constitution. Yes. You're 100 percent right. There I don't no think people are vote. confused. Do you agree no, with that? No. What I what I what I'm trying to say is, I don't think people are confused that that's what the Constitution says. That's why these movements are afoot to change the Constitution, to change it from the it, its 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 design and and its dedication to the electoral process that but, you described. But Bob, they it, want to Ohio, change it and say let's 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 instead abolish said college and change it to a, to an electoral or to a a popular vote. That's what they're trying to do. I don't think they're denying that it exists. They but, want it changed. The electors in Ohio don't decide on the president. All they do is they take whatever the popular vote is right now. Right, and it exactly. Goes, they're supposed to, as individuals, they're, they're not supposed to be paid by federal, state, or city, or in trust of any government. They're individuals like me and you, selected by the legislature as just individual people that have uh, 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 been determined to have ability to discern such a such an important position. You can't ask everybody off the street to uh, analyze a position like the President of the United States. That's what the founders were getting at. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Dan, and I, and I appreciate the call, and I wish I had more time to discuss that in depth with you, but uh, we are at the end. But you're right. I don't disagree with the word you're saying. They are simply trying to change the Constitution. They want to amend it and abolish the Electoral College and all of the th- the facts that you correctly pointed out. Thanks so much to Peter. Thanks so much to Rob Walgate, my guest today. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.